Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a sometimes fortnightly, sometimes monthly podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. This is a special new type of episode that's all about our patrons, or really about one patron, and I'm your host, Frank. Today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm much better than last week. Uh, I wasn't so good last week, but this oh, week, fantastic. Yeah. I suppose the come, the come down from the judging and prizes and all of that stuff, you've had the long, long week of back to normality. Yeah, yeah. The only thing to look forward to is the next time I get to sit down and record with Frank. Um, okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah, and I'm I'm well as well. I kind of I kind of butchered that intro as well. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you more about it now, listener. If you're a patron to Drawn to the Flame, there is a patron tier. It's one of the higher tiers. I think it's our Ghoul Priest tier that allows you to send deck lists into us, and we can do episodes entirely about your deck, talking about it, providing suggestions, trying to work out how it works, and hopefully. It's not just a conversation between us and a specific patron, but it's between us and the community about why we think a deck does or doesn't work and sort of sharing our own personal thoughts about that. So this is one of those episodes, the first, no less. Yeah, and it's taken us a while to get around to doing it, which for which we apologise, but uh, I'm really excited to talk about this one. Yeah, I am too. I've even played this deck as well. I I, I think part of the delay was that we wanted to give it the appropriate amount of time, think about it, have a decent recording window to sit down and make sure that we do a good job. So hopefully this is all right now. Otherwise, I'll edit this bit out if we've done a really bad episode. (laughs) We won't know. So Uh, so whose deck is this? This is one of our patrons called Jared. And this is an Ashcan Pete deck. People might have seen Jared on our on our Discord or elsewhere as Doovies. Mm-hmm. That's D-O-O-V-I-E-S. And he's also Doovies on Arkham DB. And this is a deck that is published on there. The The title is Pete, Duke and Yoatl Desperate Synergy. And it was published four months ago, which shows you how long it's taken us to do it. And seems to be getting a decent number of likes and favourites. And it's had a good amount of discussion underneath it. And... We're going to dive in and talk about it. Well, should we quickly run through the kind of cards that are in the deck, and then we'll focus in on the key point about this once we've done that. Yes, and it's worth noting, listener, that this is a campaign deck, but Jared does mention that it requires two experience, as it requires Yortle to operate effectively. So either you just sort of bumble your way through the first scenario and then immediately invest in that, or you fudge things and start playing with 2 XP. And when I played with it, I played in the Gathering, and as soon as I'd got through... I, I, well, I played Knight of the Zealot, and as soon as I'd got through the Gathering, I immediately bought Yortle, and then the deck starts to properly kick in. Okay, let's dive into the deck. Cool. So um, in terms of assets, what we've got is a couple of the each of the, uh, the, the health and sanity-boosting survivor assets. So that's Cherished Keepsake and Leather Coat. We have a couple of Dark Horse. We have three weapons, two Fire Axes and a Machete. Bearing in mind, of course, we've also got Duke in this deck. Yes. Uh, then we've got two Yotl. And straight away, there's some Pete cards that we, we that are conspicuous by their absence, I guess. So quite often people put in Pete Sylvester into Pete decks, mm-hmm. and he's not here. Yes, Yotl has kind of edged him out. For that slot, 
because yes. of what the deck wants to do, I suppose. I like the little, there's the little synergy of Fireaxe and Dark Horse work very nicely together, something I'm very fond of. And, and then, of course, the Keepsake and the Coat are both zero cost, so you can play those even when you're at zero money. And, of course, Fireaxe. Yeah. Fireaxe costs one. Yes, but you, yeah, like you say, there's the synergy with having no money. Yes, yeah. Uh, Machete is interesting. Interesting. One of his five off-class ones, because in Pete, he he's only fighting at a combat of three with Machete, so it's a slightly interesting pick. But maybe we'll see as we go later into the deck why it's useful. So for events, there's just four events. There's two copies of Dumb Luck, and there's two copies of Emergency Cash. I suspect the Dumb Luck is here for the double agility icons but we'll carry on and and see so interesting no lucky no look what i found yeah yeah skills there are 15 skill cards which is it's kind of wild you wouldn't normally see that outside of some silas or min deck i guess yeah yeah but we've got a bunch of the the neutral two icon skill cards so guts manual dexterity over power and unexpected courage then we've got a bunch of the desperate skill cards so that's desperate search uh, reckless assault run for your life say your prayers yeah we've got another four of the off-class cards which is a vicious blow and inspiring presence and two eureka and finally we've got a couple of resourceful yes so there's obviously something going on here. There's, there's an interaction here that uh, Jared's using. Uh, and I guess a few people have seen this kind of thing already. But for anyone who hasn't, do you want to talk through how Yartle works, Frank? Yeah. So he's one XP survivor ally, costs three to play, and has two health and sanity. And he has got, he's got two abilities, which I'll do in, in reverse order. The second ability, you can discard the top card of your deck, and it's a free trigger. And the first ability is also a free trigger. You exhaust Yartle during the skill test. You get a bonus to each skill equal to the number of matching skill icons on the top card of your discard pile, not counting wild icons. So, very simply, if there's a leather coat on the top of your discard pile, for your skill test, you would get plus one combat and plus zero to everything else because leather coat has a single combat icon. But if you get more complicated, if there's a Eureka on the top of your discard pile, you'd get plus one willpower, plus one intellect, and plus one agility for your skill test. Even though you'll only be testing one of those skills, you'd get a bonus to all three because there are matching skill icons. So the the key interaction then is... So all the desperate cards work in a similar way, which is that they have four icons on them. But they can only be committed to a test when you have three or fewer remaining sanity. Yeah. And Pete's already in a good place. I, I know some people, uh, my friend Matt included, have done Pete decks that use St. Huthbert's Key. Yeah. And that instantly puts you into the, the realm of being able to play desperate cards. As soon as you've got that, desperate cards are all a go. And Pete has some additional soak because he always starts with Duke. And also he's got access to Pete Sylvester, in faction, who's a fantastic battery <laughs> you can charge up uh, with, with horror. Um, so yeah, that can all just sort of be unlimited horror storage. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Um, so that that means Pete isn't he can play desperate cards without being at immediate risk of going mad. Yeah. But the the extra synergy here is that Yartle 
if the, if these desperate cards are in your discard pile, on top of your discard pile, it doesn't matter how they got there, whether you committed them and they went in there, or you just discarded them, uh, they add to your stats. Yes, you still get use out of them. So what what are, what's key, then, is ways of getting these cards onto the top of your discard pile. And actually, Pete's got a way to do that built in, hasn't he? Yeah, so I was going to say that, that there's a sort of there's the simple way of doing it, which is action one, you take a test, and as long as you've got three or fewer sanity, you commit your desperate card to it. And then action two, you take that test again and exhaust your artel and get the same boost again. So you, each card ends up being used for two tests in a row rather than one, which gives it this fantastic amount of value, sort of extending the value. Or if you're desperate to pass the test that you're about to face... You could use Pete's ability, which is discard a card to ready an asset at your location. No? To ready an asset you control. So you could discard a Desperate to then, in the same trigger window, exhaust your Otl and get the boost from that Desperate card as though you'd committed it, even though you don't have three or fewer sanity. Yeah. So this this relies on using those, those free triggers. In order to use Pete's ability, you need to have... Uh, an exhausted asset that you can ready. But what I think you can do here is exhaust Yartel and then use Pete's ability to ready him. And then the card you've used to ready Yartel will be the card that's giving the bonus to the skill test. Mm-hmm. I yes. think that, 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 that's all right, I think. Um, so, you, you know, you've got that power there. If you've got the card in your hand you need in that test, you've got a way of getting it into your discard pile and using Yotl. And in fact, that's you can then use Yotl again on the next action because you've you've readied him. You can even use Duke so that you have an exhausted asset and discard a card to ready Duke to then tap your Yotl if you need to get a card into your discard pile. So there's there's quite a lot of sophisticated play that you can play around with here, yeah. But but having the ability to do it with the Yotl means you could do it during the mythos phase, say. So if you wanted to say your prayers... <laughs> because you really needed, needed to pass a, a, a willpower test. You can even do it before you've had a chance to use Duke. Yes, that's, that's um, which Which is right. good, yeah. So how does this deck work in practice then? So I, what, what in my opinion, how this works, it's, it's got a couple of... It's in a position where it's got really high stats that you can use the combination of Pete's ability and Yotel's ability... And, you know, even just committing the desperate cards, if, if you your sanity is low enough, to be able to pass any test very well with a really high, yes. you know, so you, you can almost guarantee that you can pass a test using these abilities. It doesn't have a huge amount of action compression to go along with that. It's got a few cards, it's got Vicious Blow, and it's got a couple of weapons. But apart from that, you're relying on having individually high stats to pass any test you want rather than do a huge amount with, with a test that you do pass. Yes. So yeah. to me, this this deck works better uh, at a lower player count, where I might have, I, I'll, you know, I'll do a couple of investigates at a location to find the clues there. Yeah, as opposed to, oh God, there's eight clues here. How do we get them all? Yeah, am I going to take eight tests and fiddle around with my desperate search every time I want to do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's fine. I think Pete's always been... a preferred choice for solo players as well uh, which is thematically appropriate uh, and also you get duke along with you whenever you take him so he's, he's a nice nice character to have 
when I tried this deck, I played it with another player who was Ursula. So between us, investigating was really not a problem at all. And then I was doing the lion's share of the fighting as well. And in all of the scenarios I played, I don't think I ever played Machete. I just used it for the combat icon. And I might have even wished that it was instead a vicious blow, so it would have been a combat icon and more damage. You know, the the challenge in Survivor is doing more than two damage per hit. And unfortunately, this deck only has a single vicious blow, and that's the only way it can add damage. So that would be something I'd maybe look at if if I knew the deck was going to really lean into being the damage deck. But it's not it's not designed as the check out this deck, it's so good at killing things. It's designed as an all-rounder deck, so I, I still think it's strong. Uh, little shout-out as well to that Singleton-inspiring presence. That's another really useful way of readying a card. Given that you can use uh, Pete's ability once per turn, having a skill that you can commit to a test, and you're probably passing tests, and get another ready out of it is really nice. It's a really powerful, decent choice. Think. So there's a couple of things that that are weaknesses here, and I don't mean literally the weaknesses. the The key thing that is difficult, and this this applies whenever you're playing any combo deck, is that you need the the pieces to be able to to do what you need to do. And this this is a common problem in any deck, which is like, oh, I want to see this card, and I want to see it as soon as possible. Sometimes that just doesn't happen, um, yeah. and it's 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 not out of the question that both your copies of your tool are at the bottom of your deck even after a hard mulligan to get the card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Jared mentions this in his write-up. He, he's aware this this is a weakness, you know, and you're struggling because all those desperate cards, if you haven't got a way to get them into discard pile and to use them, they're pretty much dead weight until you've taken enough horror. And taking a lot of horror, it's not something you want to do. <laughs> yeah. Just to activate cards in your deck. Uh, it's always better if those desperate cards are turned on incidentally as you play. I remember I was using them to ready Duke early game if I didn't have the sufficient horror. And you just think you've got two desperate search and then one reckless assault, one running for your life and one say your prayers. So five cards that are desperate. And that's just five Duke readies until they're online. Yeah. And and I remember thinking, oh, I'd really like to save this because I can do the really cool Yoatl play if I commit this. And then the following action I take the same test again but i just thought i just need to crack on with duke at the moment i didn't have your at all so yeah what uh, jared recommends in his write-up uh, which i think is, is are both really good ideas it, you either use calling in favors and actually what you can do with calling in favors is return duke to your hand yeah and then calling f- in favors is always online isn't it exactly yeah duke and, and that, that that's that's quite nice in in pete you know, you send Duke off to go and, go and fetch Yotl. But, I mean, it's not ideal. The other card you could use is Flare, which yes. had came out ages ago and maybe hasn't seen that much attention. I don't know that many people who take it. Uh, yeah. I've always I've always liked Flare. It's that classic, it's got a lot of survivor tropes in one place where it's got two uses and it's got exile and it's like an improvised weapon as well, which I always really like. Anyway, you can use that just to pull Yotl straight out of your deck. It's one of the few ways Flare of doing more damage per attack than two in Survivor. Well, until last week's episode, it was the only way of doing more than two damage per hit in Survivor, which I, I never mention it as well because it's a, a singleton event and it's not even a singleton. It's out of out of the game once you've played it. Yeah. It's like a real one shot. But yeah, it's a sort of big boost. 
and yeah, has a great other ability to fetch an ally. So you'd probably want a couple of those in your, in your deck if if that was what you're going to do. And I think that that would be a great use of flare. And it, those occasions where Yotl isn't forthcoming, you know, you can you can get him. Yes, I completely agree. I've been stuck slightly on the unexpe- uh, the emergency cash in this deck, and that's partly on my experience of playing Dark Horse that I rarely want the resources. And that's, yes. to me, it's, a, it's a, a slight sticking point. I would be interested in changing that. So Emergency Cash, the things it's got going for it is obviously one action for three resources. But against that, it doesn't have any icons. So it doesn't play into this strategy. If you discard it to ready Duke or Yoatl, it's then a non-icon card on your discard pile. Yeah. And even though, yes, you might say, well, I play it and I get a big boost to my Fire Axe to continue fighting... There are lots of other cards in here with the icons that will give you those boosts. And if you're already Dark Horse out, you're at three. So then you commit your Reckless Assault or you're, you know, you're resourceful in your Vicious Blow. There are plenty of cards you could put in that would give you that boost. So that's that's a card that maybe I would look at removing. Yeah, it, it did stand out to me. Um, the other thing I'd, I'd be wary of is having enough cards, a flow of cards, your card economy, to draw the cards you need in this deck mm. Mm. Uh, and you you know what i don't know what the answer to that is it's got eureka in there which is yeah. which is great because it's actionless card draw in fact uh eureka is also innate so if you pick up true survivor as jared recommends you do you can pull eureka back and then reuse it which i think is is not a bad call at all mm-hmm. you've also got some of the neutral cards which draw draw your card but it's that that is something to look at, and I don't know what the answer is because you're not going to be failing tests in this deck to use something like Rabbit's Foot or whatever, mm. or Take Heart. Yeah, yeah, and you know you're not going to have the money to play like a preposterous sketches or something like that. So I don't know, but it's something. To... And maybe that's why you keep the emergency cash because if you're actually going to lean into playing True Survivor and you adding more expensive events, then maybe you do need that boost of resources that you float along at one or two for fire axe and then every so often you need a you need a boost so there's a couple of things to mention as well since this deck came out we've had more mm. more survivor cards have come out this cycle i yeah. think there's one in particular that would work really well in this deck and i am absolutely sure jared knows this <laughs> it's just been a while since he sent the deck into us and he hasn't tweaked it but cornered came out a couple of packs ago mm-hmm yeah. And that is almost tailor-made for this kind of deck. So well, the way Cornered works, it's got a free action where you discard a card and you add two to the skill test. So it effectively turns any card into an unexpected courage. But it's better yeah. than that because in this deck, the card goes straight into your discard pile. For you to then tap Yotl and get the icons off it. So Yotl, well, using Cornered and Yotl, you can potentially get plus six to a skill test by discarding uh, a desperate card, and then using Yotl straight away. Very powerful. Which would put you probably at eight stat, at least eight stat on whatever it was you, yeah. you were testing on. And that's a pretty robust uh, skill value to be testing on, isn't it? Yes, yeah. I mentioned Take Heart as well as a possible include. Doesn't have icons though, so maybe anti-synergistic here, and I'm not sure what you need the resources for. But the other survivor card that's maybe worth considering is Live and Learn. Not because you're expecting to fail tests with this deck, but as a contingency for those few tests where you get knocked out by the tentacle token. If you've just 
done that play, done a corner desperate card play and got plus six and you're five over the test threshold and then you draw tentacle, that could just be really crippling and mean you have to kind of rebuild. And live and learn, you get to retake it with a with a little boost and you can maybe do a bit more of the play of chucking in cards or you could then maybe ready your ottle and tap him again to get the plus four from whatever card you have in the top of your discard pile. Something like that. I wonder about the timing. Maybe you... Live and Learn has probably made it to your discard pile before then. Okay, maybe it doesn't work as well as I'm hoping it does, but it's a possibility. Yes, absolutely, yeah. So I think this is absolutely a deck worth trying. If nothing else, it lets you you learn those timing windows around skill tests. Mm-hmm. And I think that yes. that's a really crucial skill to have if you're going to you know boost up your, your Arkham playing abilities. It's a really interesting deck, even if you're not hugely on board with the theme or the fact that it's a combo deck uh, or it's relying on a particular card rather and um, it's a good one to, to experiment with just to learn those cards learn those timing windows yeah and it's a really nice well-rounded deck as well so if you you're not sure who you want to play to support someone else if they say oh i want to play a guardian you can go great i'll play this desperate duke style deck or if they say i want to play a seeker you can say great i'll play this desperate you know that you're not detracting from your partner with whatever you choose because it can kind of lead in any direction which is really nice yeah it, it takes it takes whatever skill test you throw at it and it passes those skill tests usually with with style and panache so yeah plus nine yeah i like it a lot it's, it looks like it's really good fun. My friend has been running through um, our Dunwich Legacy, uh, sorry, our Forgotten Age playthrough, has been running a, a desperate peak deck using Yortle, but not to this extent, not stripped back to this extent. And so it's got some other other allies in there. It's got multiple charismas in there. Um, and St. Huthbert's Key to, to be able to commit the desperate cards, then use Yortle. Um, but this goes a step further and it goes all in on that interaction. No, it's, it's it's very strong. The the write-up is worth checking out because Jared also talks about some of the possible upgrade options and he talks about some of the timing windows and skill tests and how you could use things, which is really nice. He mentions, as we did, True Survivor and he also does talk about upgrading into Charisma and Peter Sylvester. So if you're worried about horror, he has considered that as a future option, which I think is a good one. We, at one of our Labyrinths of Lunacy events... We had a Yoatl Ashcan deck that was there, piloted by one of our patrons, Andy, who had a great time with it, as far as I could tell, and essentially played the whole game with no resources and no cards. Oh, wow, and okay. Every turn would get something that they would, he would either use to ready Duke or would commit, or maybe he'd have two cards and then he'd you know use one to ready and one to one to commit and that's that sort of thing, which is hilarious in Labyrinths because there's... There's a, well, I'm worried about spoiling labyrinths, but sometimes it cares about how many cards or resources you have. And Andy would always just sort of shake his head and smile because he never had anything and was sort of very happy and was doing fine. That's the thing. For another investigator, you'd say, oh my goodness, they've completely imploded. But for Ashkan Pete, surviving with nothing was, was absolutely fine. Very powerful. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you very much for sending that in to us, Jared. Um, it's it's a really, really fun deck. I think it's worth checking out, even if you just play it for a standalone scenario, to understand mm, how it yeah. works, and then maybe take some of those ideas or look at cards in a different way after you've done that. Yeah, if you put in Charisma and two Peter Sylvester level two, that's nine XP with the Yortle. So it's perfect, no extra weaknesses if you just want to go nine XP and you're ready for a standalone. It's great. 
Yeah, and um, anyone else who is uh, the similar patron tier, so it's the ghoul priest tier, I think. Is that right, Frank? Yeah, that's right. If you're a ghoul priest tier, please send us a deck list and we'll, we'll, we'll spend an episode talking about your, your deck list. Whether you, want, you just want to show it off or you want some advice or whatever you want, we're happy to talk about it. Yeah, very happy. Very happy to get stuck in. Hope you've enjoyed this episode, listener. You can get in touch with us. We're drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com. We're drawn to the flame on social media around the place. And if hearing about our patrons has piqued your interest, we're drawn to the flame on Patreon as well. So go take a look at that. Peter, how can people get in touch with you? I am united everywhere. So I'm on um, Twitter and Reddit and the Discord, the various Discord channels as united. That's U-N-I-T-L-E-D to say hello. How about you, Frank? I'm FB on Twitter. That's E-P-H underscore B-E-E. And I'm around the place as Zooey Glass or Zozo, that kind of thing. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you. Thank you.